Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akhil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of School of Startups, where we talk to successful tech entrepreneurs on how to start and scale their businesses. And on today's episode, we have Tristan Pellegrino joining us. Uh, on today's episode, we'll be talking about how to become a thought leader through consistent content marketing for your SaaS business. For those of you who don't know, Tristan Pellegrino is the co-founder of Motion, where he helps tech companies get noticed, engage their prospects, and become thought leaders. Early on in his consulting career, Tristan worked for firms such as Oracle and IBM and learned how challenging it is to articulate the value of technology. While working towards his MBA in marketing, Tristan launched a video production company that he ended up getting on the Inc. 5000 list before selling his stake to his business partner. Now, Tristan is able to combine his first-hand experience in technology with his marketing expertise, expertise in order to help tech companies develop amazing visual content, position themselves as the choice in their industry, and ultimately show the world their value. Tristan also co-hosts a B2B tech marketing podcast, Tech Qualified, where he interviews industry leaders to uncover what is working in the world of B2B technology marketing. So welcome, Tristan. Glad to have you on today's episode. All right, Akil. Thanks for the, the nice introduction there. Uh, great job. Appreciate it. Thanks for <laughs> no having worries. me. No worries. Um, so just going to get right into it on the content marketing side. So I know uh, I speak to many founders, many marketers out there who are starting to create content. Uh, so they start for a few weeks and then I find they get discouraged because they don't see they were either they either don't, don't see the results they hope for or they realize just how time consuming it takes to produce it day in, day out. Um, what is your suggestion to consistently create content that stands out among everything else online? Yeah, Akil, I think, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head. The, the biggest obstacle that, that we see with tech companies, and that's primarily who we work with, and, mm. and even tech companies with small marketing teams. So traditionally, you know, either head of marketing, that's a one-person team, or possibly up to four or five people on their marketing team. So, you know, we're dealing with small teams that have a lot on their plate. And so what we find often is you can, like you said, create that that content that might uh, be produced over a period of one, two weeks, maybe even a quarter, but then some other priority will, will jump in front of that and you'll lose the consistency and some of the momentum that you have. Um, and, and that's largely because for a small marketing team, priorities can change overnight. Sometimes you have to launch a a campaign. You, sometimes you're launching a brand new product um, within your technology suite. So, uh, you know, priorities change so quickly. Sometimes you have to answer questions from the board. You got presentations. You um, are refining a sales deck for for the sales team. They, you know, they have a big presentation. So that's what we find that just things jump in front of this this content strategy that you put in place mm -hmm. and. One of the things that, that really grew out of this experience and and our experience creating a lot of video content is we needed to find a way to to really hit on that consistency. So so the best way that we found is to create what we call branded show. Okay. And that's really where you can start to establish that that thought leadership approach that that you mentioned. And a branded branded show typically uh, focuses around either a podcast or a video series. Mm. And when you have that platform in place, you're, you're able to take one piece of content like we're doing here. Akil, yep. you're, you're doing the same thing, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you have one piece of content and you're able to parse that out into a lot of different formats and you get a lot of equity 
out of that single conversation. So we found that that's really the most efficient way to, to start to build that, that platform for your technology company. Got it. So you suggest going, you know, podcast or video series as a way to, to kind of get started. That's right. Yeah, because we, and, and I even had a post on, on LinkedIn earlier that, you know, a lot of marketing teams, we find that they'll start with like a, a blank sheet of paper or a, a blank Google Doc. And it's, it's like, where, where do I start? You know, mm-hmm. how do I even provide an outline for maybe a writer or how do I write the content myself? Um, exactly. It can seem overwhelming. And if, if you build a, a show for, for your, your company, you're using the expertise of other people to really create that content as well. So it doesn't, you know, all the responsibility isn't, isn't on yourself and, and your small team. Makes sense. And I guess another struggle with that. So in digital marketing, you know, it's always about showing your ROI um, with content marketing, your efforts you're putting in um, more often these products or companies who's maybe, you know, like you for example, like this podcast you can't very, you know, track the conversion path or track uh, and analyze how to determine like the ROI on this, right? We've been doing this for a couple of months. Um, how do you set up and determine the ROI for like a content marketing strategy that, that you work with the tech companies on? Yeah, I think a lot uh, for ourselves and, and even the folks that we work with, it's a, it's about establishing the expectations up front. And, and really, there, there's no easy way to do it because, you know, there's no silver bullet that says, here's a, here's a way to calculate ROI for a program like a, a podcast or a video series. Because there's so many things that can't be accounted for. You know, we, we like to say as marketers, we can track everything, but in reality, you can't. You know, what happens, uh, well, let's take this for example, a lot of the companies that we work with sell into mid-market and enterprise. Right. So there, there's often a, a buying committee that's involved. So the, the concept of a lead or a contact doesn't even make sense sometimes because maybe the, the primary decision maker or even the champion of this technology or this project on their side isn't even in your database. You, you, you can't even account for them. Right. So I think, you know, really when you look to establish ROI, one, one of the, the major ways that we suggest you, you go about that is to establish a baseline. So try to figure out, uh, you know, maybe look back six months and say, here's the content marketing that we invested in. And here are, are really the, the leads that came in. And when I say leads, it's predominantly those qualified leads, whether yeah. it's an SQL, um, you know, whatever metric that you, you really determine that, hey, this is a qualified person that might not be in, in the, the buying intent area, right, of your technology. They might not be that ready to purchase, but they meet all this other criteria. Mm-hmm. And then there's also opportunities, which means someone meets your ideal customer profile and they're also intending to buy. They're actively mm-hmm. looking to solve this problem. And, and if you can align with sales on that, and, and really just build a baseline, you know, how did I perform last six months and then look at it six months ahead, right? So what, what are we trying to accomplish? Um, if you can really align with marketing and sales on, on qualified leads mm-hmm. and on the pipeline, that, that's really the best way to do it. Just really look at that, that high level number there. Makes sense. And how long are you suggesting them to test or hypothesize this, this channel. So whether it's like, okay, we're going to launch our new podcast and you come in and say, look, you're going to, you need to do it for at least six months to make it worthwhile. Or is it three months? Is it a year? Or whether it's a video series on YouTube, what, what's like a minimum amount that, you know, the content marketing starts to kick in and you really should start seeing something and make it worthwhile for your industry. 
Yeah, a lot depends on sales cycle. If if uh, you're selling to mid market and enterprise, and and you have a nine month sales cycle, let's say often some sometimes a twelve month sales cycle, if you do a podcast for six months, it, I'm not even sure what impact that would have. It might have some impact on, on some bottom funnel folks that that really needed nudge or they, they needed some content there to really get some some assurance or you know, a little bit more information to determine whether your tech was, was the right one. For, for their situation. But I, I really find that you, you have to commit for probably at least six months to, to 12 months to really establish that foundation. Try to see what's working, what's not, because it's the other thing, Akio, is you need to test a lot. Yeah. When you come out of the gate with a podcast, I mean, you probably saw it on your side. Your, your podcast is going to change a lot. You're going to get better, right? You're going mm-hmm. to get more information, ask different questions. Um, you'll, you'll find other ways to use the material. So there's a lot of that that, that just has to go with experience. Mm. And you know, the other thing too is with, with our clients and, and anyone that's running a podcast, the, the host gets better, right? Mm-hmm. So the, mm-hmm. the host is really driving the conversations in a lot of cases. And, and sometimes when people start out, it's their first experience hosting right. podcasts. And it just takes a little time to get better and, and make the content better. True. So I know Motion, you guys have a strong incline to, as we talked about, the audiovisual content, right? That's your main channel, whether it's podcast or, or YouTube video. What are the differences that you see versus, you know, going the written content SEO? Uh, why do you suggest starting with this channel as like a solid marketing strategy? Because I find starting a podcast or a video, right? You got to invest in all this technology. It takes a lot of time to set up versus all you need is a keyboard or, or you know, you can just type it out and, and you'll do a little bit of keyword research. Mm. Seems like a lot more investment of time and energy, you know. So, what, what, why do you suggest that as a way to, to start off? Yeah, it's it's a good question, and, and the the reason we say start with a podcast or video series, and, and really in the climate that, that we're operating in now, podcasts is, is really the the best place to start. Um, there are mm-hmm. no in person events to use, um, and we can use a, a video format like this, record over Zoom, and, and kind of repurpose that for YouTube is is a route to take. But at a minimum, using a podcast is, is really the best format to take. And and when you do that, you actually need to repurpose it in a lot of ways. So the the biggest misconception is a podcast is just a channel, right? But we actually envision a, a podcast is really the, the pillar content that you use to really develop a lot of other material out of that. So Akil, right. you mentioned SEO content. Some of the best SEO content that you can get that really hits on the keywords and, and some of the information that your audience is looking for is from a conversation that is sparked from a podcast. Mm. So one of the things that that we do is you have your, your podcast in place. Maybe it's a 30-minute conversation. Right. Um, from there, you develop show notes and featured articles. So that really you know kicks off this cycle of not only audio formats, but you have written content and then you can develop video content from that, you know, the short pieces that you can share on social and, and really provide some additional context from that. So there's just a lot of different ways that you can use the underlying content of a podcast in, in a lot of different ways. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Do you, so you're saying this is a good time to be launching a podcast. Do you suggest, you know, all SaaS companies consider launching or do you still think it's too saturated right now? Because I, I do feel there's a lot of podcasts being released as well, right? Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of podcasts being released, and mm-hmm. you know you can really say that about about anything, right? So, you know, every company 
really needs a blog. Every company needs that that pillar content to provide their audience. Mm-hmm. And podcasts are still not as saturated as a lot of those other channels. Mm-hmm. But but like I said, you, you can't really even look at it as, as a single channel anymore. You really need a, a vehicle to create a conversation with your ideal customer profile. Mm. So if you just wanted to do a blog series, maybe it's interview-based and, and you can pull in industry influencers, customers, prospects, and, and develop a, a, a thematic approach on your blog, that's one route to do it where you don't have, you know, you don't mix in the audiovisual components of it. It's a little easier. Mm-hmm. But when you have audiovisual content, you're just going to be able to to reach people that learn in different ways. Not everyone's going to read your your fifty page ebook. In fact, most people aren't. That <laughs> you know, let's let's be truthful there. So, when when you have a format like a podcast or video, you're able to, uh, you know, shorten it down, hit upon some of the key points that were addressed by by your guest, and you can distribute that all over the place in a lot of different ways, and, and just reach people in in many situations because. We all know on the B2B buying side, uh, a prospect is probably going to interact, visit your website I mean, 10, 20, 30 times. Mm-hmm. And you can multiply that by the other members of the buying committee. So mm-hmm. if you don't have enough content to really answer all those different types of questions, mm-hmm. you're going to be in trouble, especially if, if your competition or, or the alternative solution is providing that, that level of engagement for your, your prospects. Yeah, makes sense. And I also think that consistency is also important because I think there is a lot of podcasts being launched, but I think similar to like a blog article where people start and they get discouraged, I think the average is, I think, eight episodes that they release and then they just drop off. Yeah, I hear seven and eight all seven, the time. Seven, eight. Yeah. The, okay. the pod fade, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have one guest that we tried to get on. Um, he's, he's kind of a you know bigger influencer in the space and he said, you know, come talk to me when uh, at episode 100. So he just wants to make sure we're consistent. I was like, all right, cool. We got you on for 100. Yeah. 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 Um, what are the, so other than that, what are other benefits of having a podcast in your niche? And then how do you get the most out of having these conversations with their guests? Like what's, you know, are you ideally just talking with your clients? Are those the people you should be reaching out to and interviewing and then use that as a way to, to have conversations or what else are areas, reasons you should be having these conversations? Yeah, they're, they're really, um, you know, I like to say five types of, of folks that you bring on your your podcast. So prospects okay. is one. So, you know, these might be people in your ideal customer profile where you, you just want to build a relationship with them, um, develop some content that, that might help your customers and, and some of the other people in your space. So prospects, um, definitely bringing on customers, talking about what they're going through, what challenges they have, how they're getting through it. Um, internal experts is, is another recommended approach. So especially for tech companies, um, there's a lot of internal expertise, right? The folks that are actually developing your product have a lot of functional knowledge. They're, they're solving the problem with technology. So some of those conversations are very valuable. You know, like why are you exploring certain features uh, versus others? You know, how are, how are you responding to your, your customers and, and um, you're really improving your product? What are some of the things you're focused on? What does your roadmap look like? Like those are all great conversations to explore on a podcast. And then you have industry influencers or, or experts. That's like the, the fourth level there. And that's like you mentioned, you know, you're trying to bring on people to, to build a little bit more uh, awareness around your company. So you're trying to find people that are, are very recognizable 
in your space and, and recognizable to your customers and, and align your company with them. And then lastly, um, you're looking to, to bring in your partners. So especially in the area of technology, most tech has to play with other tech, right? Um, so whether that's aligning yourself with, with a solution that you know, integrates very well with your technology and solves an overarching problem for your client. Um, you know, that's one angle to take, but it's just showing that, that you play well in this really environment that, that your ideal customer um, operates in. So those five areas of, of people are really the, the major ones that, that we recommend you explore in your podcast. And when you have all this collection of people you're building content that naturally resonates with, with your customer because this is really all the people that they care about. And from there, the nice thing in, in Akil, you asked about what else can you get from a podcast? Well, one of the big secondary benefits of, of podcasts is just really market research. Mm-hmm. You're By talking with those five different types of people on your podcast, you're constantly learning about new things in the industry. Um, through a conversation. So you're understanding how people are, are maybe using a different type of technology or how they're working with their team or how they're sharing information or, or what new problems they're encountering. So you're learning all of that just by having that, that conversation there. And that, that market research is really something that the people don't even understand or, or realize that there, there's a benefit that you get from that. And when you're, you're talking with customers that's really what drives a lot of other content that you create. So let's mm-hmm. say you, you have a podcast that you're running and you've had you know, a series of customers over the last two months and there's this constant theme that, you know, challenge that they're going through. If, if you find that, that connected theme with all of these people, that's probably a good indication that you need to write something or produce something that helps them solve that problem. That would be a valuable resource. So just mm-hmm. by having those conversations, you're, you're able to kind of direct some of your other content that, that might not be specifically related to a podcast, but, you know, really sp- sparks from, from those conversations that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that, that does make sense because, uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, so, I mean, the time, Back to the time aspect, uh, you know, resources, strategy. You're, you're dealing with the day-to-day, raising capital, dealing with investors, your boards. There's a so the constraint again to produce the content, but also at scale, right? That's something we think about. Um, how do you ensure that the content we, we produce, you know, there's that that reach that it engages and it converts the right audience at scale? Because yes, we're going to record this this podcast interview, but then how do we make sure it, it reaches the right people and it's you know being used as effectively as possible? Yeah, that takes a lot of sweat equity. I mean, there are really two ways to do it. There, there's the organic way where you're, you're posting through your, your company channels, um, which which is obviously, you know, that's kind of just the, the first thing that you have to do, really use your, your company's social profiles to, to serve as that distribution. Okay. But really the, the second layer that's probably more important is you're taking folks that are internal to your company and... They, they need to really be, become part of these social networks, um, mm-hmm. especially on LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, et cetera. That's, that's where you need to be involved, um, not just pushing material out from the, the company page, but you, you need to put out, you know, let's say a short video that, mm-hmm. that is generated from a podcast. That needs to be wrapped in, in, in a post by 
someone, maybe VP of sales or you know, VP of product, what have you, customer success, they can add some additional insights to that on LinkedIn, um, pull in the content that you create, direct people to your podcast. But what that does, it allows you to, to really encourage those conversations on, on social platforms versus just throwing information out there and, and hoping people consume. So there, there's, you know, all of that is organic. You don't, you're not paying for any of that, but, but there are really two layers to it where you have the company and then the individuals, you know, the, the primary stakeholders in your company. Um, and then of course there, there's paid channels where you're, you're driving people to, to build more awareness to this content. You're paying to get more eyeballs on, on your podcast, you know, other top of funnel materials so that people are, are building some of that awareness about what the, the types of problems that you solve. And then from there, you, you, you're retargeting and, and you're building a, upon that relationship that you started um, mm. at that, that really entry level there. Makes sense. And then also there's a, you know, there a lot of influencers who, when you're interviewing them, they, they share it on their own platform and they have, you know, the bigger visibility. And I usually get a nice spike as well. And, and some of those viewers who follow over, right? So that's, that also helps yeah, there. Yeah. For, for sure. Yeah. I didn't even mention that. I mean, that, that's really the, the other piece too, is it, it's a two-way conversation. So by bringing guests on your show, it's not just you providing your, your own isolated or your own insights there. You know, you, you had a conversation with somebody. It, it was a two-way conversation. You, you um, exchanged ideas and then you could talk about that in the post and, and you tag them and, and fold in their network. And, and that really just has a compounding effect. Yeah. yeah, I like your your thought of like using it as a way to learn from your you know the researcher aspect. For example, like having you on, you're an expert in in this field of content marketing, audio visual. I mean, we know a little bit, but now I get to ask you questions that I'm curious about and, and get to learn, and then we can actually apply it ourselves, right? So yeah, that's is a, is a win that way too, right? Um, what's what's one of the biggest uh, challenges you have? with uh, putting your audiovisual content together? Uh, I think we're, you know, we're having consistent guests now. We have good amount, you know, we're posting consi- consistently. Where we said from the beginning, we're going to aim for two a week and we've been at it every, you know, every single week and we've been hitting our goals there. Um, I think our challenge right now is probably find, figuring out the, the other aspects. So there's the creation part, but now it's just like, how do we build the reach and actually get, we have a lot of good content and how do we get it out there and, uh, you know, to the right people. So whether it's chopping it up more and, you know, being more active on different social media channels um, and, you know, promoting it, we're happy to use, you know, ads and promoting it. But again, we're, we're, there's, so, there's so much you can do. We just don't know what is the right way and, you know, being most effective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I would say, you know, even before you can push ads to it, it's really, you know, distributing from your, your company profiles, right, is one avenue, but then involving other people in your organization. That's really where you, you get a sense of what resonates a little bit more. And I use Twitter a lot for that, where it's just trying to exchange ideas, you know, short comments here and there. It's a little bit more back and forth than LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I find LinkedIn is more of, here, here's like a big idea, here's an observation I had, and then people will, will comment from that. Mm-hmm. Twitter is more like conversation almost, like here's yeah. a couple quick, you know, uh, sound bites back and forth. And then you can take that, you know, offline from there. Um, so social is just interesting. And, and really when, when you find that, that people uh, are trying to engage naturally, you can find out what works and what people are responding to the most. And then that's mm-hmm. the, the type of content that you put money behind. Mm. And in terms of channels to, to focus on, so obviously YouTube is an easy one since we already have the video um, and, you know, we can get some SEO traffic there. 
to, you know, I, I would think, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter. But uh, do you also recommend like Facebook, Instagram? I've heard, you know, some people say they've gotten really good results from Instagram for some how. Do you, do you suggest even going there and creating mini clips and pu- publishing there is a waste of time and just focus on, for, especially for B2B SaaS? Yeah, it's interesting. Instagram, we, we, we honestly don't play much with, with Instagram. Um, you know, we, we do some retargeting just because it's part of the Facebook ecosystem. Um, mm-hmm. But mostly what we use Facebook for is on the retargeting side. So if someone has viewed some content on LinkedIn or, or another channel, right, and you're, you're able to retarget them on Facebook, that, that's a pretty effective way to, to remain mm-hmm. top of mind with them. But yeah, LinkedIn's expensive, but mm-hmm. you can also be highly targeted there. Uh, but yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter, and, and then Facebook on the retargeting side is typically the the playbook there. And then you always have pay-per-click um, and, and some of the Google display stuff. But really just just running people to, the, to that content and, and trying to be uh, ever-present, right? As mm-hmm. much as you can and, and providing different content along the way. So if someone landed on... Uh, an episode page or, or saw some deeper level content, you know, show them something else, you know, try to, to figure out what other problems they have or what other material you have that you can get in front of them and mm-hmm. just really build that relationship. Cause it's going to take a while for them to reach out to sales. So you're, you know, you're not just going to put out one ebook or one pillar page and they're going to convert that. That's just going to be very rare, at least for the, the folks that we work with. Yeah, I guess I want to chat about, get a little deeper into their understanding the perspective and vision of what will resonate at each step of the, you know, the customer journey. Um, You know, I I look at this, you know, like 30, 45 minute interview as maybe more middle of the funnel. Do you agree with that? And then maybe, you know, those short clips you create, maybe that's top of the funnel. You you post them on social media. You want to get them back to watch the full interview maybe or or check out your website. Then you're retargeting them. What is that strategy or how does that step look like that, that, that you mentioned? Yeah, it's interesting. With, with a podcast, you, you kind of get the best of, of both worlds where you're you're often talking directly with customers. So there's a lot of um, conversations you have that are that are right there. You're, you're figuring out what are some of the, you know, and, and even if it's a prospect, right? Like, what are they, what do they need to get from A to B? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're understanding some of those challenges and you can create content that, that helps convert people turn those opportunities into a close one mm-hmm. um, deal, right? Uh, so that's where you get that bottom of the funnel, you know, that immediate feedback because you're, you're having conversations with people that might be in your, in your um, pipeline, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then from there, like you said, you can then go to, to top of funnel where you're, you're building awareness um, from some of the broader themes that you're exploring on, on a podcast. So you, you shorten those pieces down, you distribute on social, um, you know, you're getting that in front of your sphere of influence, the, the people that you're connected to. So you're, you're building that awareness there. And then the middle of the funnel can be a lot of different things. Um, but, but, but I think you're right in that if someone is listening, they're in your customer profile, your ideal customer profile. And if they're spending that amount of time with your content, that, that is a great thing. You know, mm. most people would love to have 30 minutes with mm-hmm. their prospects. And, and if you're producing content that they care about and that helps them, then and it's 30 minutes long and they're engaged. I mean, wow, you know, who wouldn't want that? And then from there, you're, you're sending them to some of that bottom of the funnel material, you know, whether it's testimonials, case studies, you know, deeper things like that. Exactly. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, and then another problem I, I see with creating content is, is a balance, right? It's establishing and finding credibility and authority. 
and then uh, you know invoicing that content, standing out for for everybody's attention. Um, how do you maintain that balance of you know finding your voice, your startup identity, while still balancing the business and marketing goals, right? Because that, that's an also important, right? Consistency and, and patience. I uh, just mm-hmm. had a post on on LinkedIn earlier from a gentleman, Justin Welsh, who's, who's really great on LinkedIn. Um, but but I think that's it. You, to to find that voice, it takes practice. It, it takes repetition. Um, you need to evolve. Um, you know, Akil, with your podcast, like like we talked about, you know, you, you're doing two per week. You know, you're, you're learning a lot. You're, you're learning twice as much as you would if you were just doing a weekly podcast, right? Sure. So if you can commit to something almost daily, you're, you're just evolving that much faster than, than your competitor or, you know, someone else that's in your space, right? So I think that's, that's the big thing it is you just have to have consistency and you, you need a certain amount of frequency because if you're, if you're just going to say, I'm going to do, you know, a podcast once a month for 12 months, I'm just not sure mm. what you're going to get from that. So you, you need to, to really hit, I mean, try to get something out every day. And, you know, and that's the benefit of having long form content that you can slice up in a lot of different ways. You, you are visible more often if you take that approach. Got it. And then are you working when you're working with startups, are you helping them uh, put together a budget for, for this? Because I'm trying to understand, you know, there's the side you said we create this content. Now it's, you know, you can call it organic, but then there's also the paid side, which, which you mentioned is an option. Uh, how, how much are you budgeting or suggesting or what's a good marketing budget to balance between the organic and paid and so you're talking about whether you you uh, just do organic or or actually throw the, the budget behind some of the content you're creating. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's a good question. I mean, I think it, it it's different for, for each company. It depends on what else you have in the, in the marketing mix. I mean, mm-hmm. for, for companies that don't really have a lot of content marketing at all, sometimes they use the podcast to really just generate most of the material that they share. And so mm-hmm. you would naturally have a lot of organic content that comes out of that. And, you know, it goes back to what I mentioned where you're, you're trying to post every day from your company pages, but then you really need to involve the people in your company in that process mm-hmm. too. And, and really spread um, your, your messages through those folks that are having conversations with your customers and, and your prospects, whether it's sales, uh, product, you know, CEO, you know, C-suite level as well. Mm-hmm. That's really where you, you need to get them involved. And that that's really all of your organic. Um, you know, that that's that natural progression, right? You, you got all this content, you're getting it out there, you're having conversations on social, et cetera. And then on the paid side, it's it's really just building on what works, what's resonating the most, you know, what episode uh, had had the most visibility, or or what what LinkedIn posts garnered the the most comments or the most feedback. That's mm-hmm. really what you want to put some more money behind, and and put that in front of other people that that are like your ideal customer profile, and and, and put that in front of the, in front of them, and then you retarget and just build that relationship from there. Got it. And then ter- speaking of timing, right? Because uh, so let's say you're, you're posting twice a week. Um, and then you know, also sharing it on your social media and different areas. Do you have a recommendation for like a minimum for how much you should be posting, and then you know what time you should be public, you know, public, pub, uh, sorry, publishing them, uh, whether it's on social media or or on your on your podcast? Have you seen anything, any trends or anything that's worked better there? Yeah, I would say daily 
Um, and, and we use a, a tool called Social Pilot. Um, there, there are a lot of, um, you know, programs out there. Uh, but I would say mix it up between manual posting and scheduled post. Uh, okay. We use Social Pilot to really push out a lot of the material uh, on our company pages as well as some of our clients. So we handle that for some clients as well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, there is a level of scheduling involved just to make sure you have that cadence. But also, it's really just rolling up your sleeves and mm-hmm. actually engaging on these platforms. Because if you're not naturally on on LinkedIn and commenting and reading and, and providing feedback with people, you're really not going to get a lot of benefit from it. Um, it's, you're just blasting stuff out there and, and hoping someone uh, finds it and visits your website and, and they fill out a form. You know, you're not really having a relationship there. You're not learning. You're not exchanging ideas. And and so there, there's a level of scheduling and, and cadence there to, to build your foundation and, and just get some visibility out there for your company and your, you know, your, your key employees and your thought leaders that you want to build within your company. And then there's just that, that natural um, participation in, in social uh, and actually uh, making it social, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. So actually engaging them on comments and, and taking it further there versus waiting for them to, to reach out. Um, so last question, Tristan, can you share, do you have any favorite resources or books that our audience can check out if they want to start working on building their own content marketing strategy or, or podcast as well? Yeah. And I mean, if we're looking at, uh, on the B2B tech side, um, I'm, I'm a podcast junkie. Naturally, uh, we do a lot of podcasting. So th- there are two that, that are my favorite. I, I like the, the really the, the scrappy nature of them. Um, startups for the rest of us. I don't know if you listen to that one, Akil. No, no, um, no. But it explores really the uh, the early stages of startups and and these um, companies that aren't really uh, stemming from large uh, investment capital, right? So they're they're scrappy early and they have to make these tough decisions. And um, that podcast really explores some of those very difficult decisions and and uh, their growth trajectory right in the early stages so that that's a great podcast to really just learn how, how people are are going through that process and then the other one is indie hackers I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you listen to that one mm-hmm. um, but that's really a similar approach to where you know people are trying to solve problems mm-hmm. and they're doing a lot of work themselves they're they're often developing the product trying to market the product trying to sell it so you just learn a lot from these conversations and, and the challenges people face without having this influx of capital come in to, to help solve that problem. Because, you know, let's face it, a lot of companies just don't have the, the luxury of, of being able to test multi-million dollar campaigns. You know, right. you have to make some very calculated decisions. You got to take a lot of risk. But when you hear these experiences from other people in the form of a podcast, you can kind of draw inspiration from them and, and learn a lot. Awesome. We'll, we'll add those two podcasts in, in our show notes for other, for you to check out. Um, how can our audience get in touch with you? They want to learn more about Motion or, or learn more about what you're doing and how, the, how you can help them? Yeah, the two things. Uh, the best place is to check us out at motionagency.io. That's our, our website. Um, you can also sign up for, for a workshop. So motionagency.io forward slash workshop. We run uh, a workshop that, that really provides 
all of the uh, the peek behind the curtain, so to speak, of what it takes to to produce a B two B podcast, and um, it's completely free. We'll we'll run you through it, um, show you the system that we use, and it's really a great way to to just get an inside look on how you could develop on these programs for your tech company. Um, and then beyond that, you know, we're available on Twitter and and LinkedIn as well. Okay, awesome. We'll add those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Tristan. Really appreciate you being on today. And uh, we'll, we'll chat again. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Akil. Appreciate it. Thank you all for joining us on today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on iTunes or Spotify. If you'd like to learn more about entrepreneurship, make sure to check out our School of Startups videos on YouTube as well. Until then, see you guys on the next episode.